0: My partner who's the first one. Welcome, welcome. It is Monday, the 18th of January. I am Todd Brinker. It is one minute after 7 o'clock on the Pacific Coast as I sit here talking to you now. If you're listening to this as a downloaded podcast later, then I don't know what time it is. I just don't know. Um, So as we were leaving the radio show, we were talking about this lady, uh, an elderly lady who was caught on video putting rat poisoning into her husband's coffee. And I was debating, should I give it the ding because we're talking about food or does that not really qualify? I'll have to ask Erin when she joins us and see what she thinks, if that was a food topic or not. Um, Definitely a little freaky deaky. Um, I think the lesson learned is make your own coffee. (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah you know you hope that if there's something um, you know if, if the mental capacity of the woman is diminished that she gets help if there is some sort of abuse that then caused her to behave this way that that then is is addressed uh and uh you know you figure out what's going on because that's just you know you don't have eighty one year old people just suddenly decide that hey, i'm gonna start poisoning my husband um on the positive side, although apparently the the rat poison that she put into his coffee made him very ill. It didn't kill him. So, um, you know, he's still with us. And after having ceased the ingestion of rat poisoning, he is uh, doing better. So yay for him. Um, yeah. And we also talked about the uh, the passing of Phil Spector. And, uh, you know, I mean, he was in jail for having uh, shot a woman and killed her and uh and you know that I think you, you can't forget that aspect of his life and who he was um but you know he also was the creator of the you know wall of sound and had a record company and he he uh was the uh, person who did the orchestral arrangements and did and produced pops like Do do run run and be my, be my be my be my little baby and uh you know he he kind of created um the uh teen top 40 type of of music and with complex orchestration it wasn't just uh you know thump 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 uh doo wah type things i mean it, it, he created a more complex type of of sound um um he was the guy who helped uh, Tina Turner uh Ike and Tina Turner create River Deep Mountain High in 1966 and uh that didn't actually catch on initially and he actually shut down his record label and withdrew from the business for a couple years but then he came back and produced the Beatles and John London's solo work and uh uh, he kind of salvaged the Let It Be album picked up all the studio tracks and and put it back together um and uh, uh it was funny because that very famously Paul McCartney did not like his production uh and in fact uh Years later, Paul McCartney went back and created a version of the album that he called Let It Be Naked, and he re- got the original tapes and re-recorded it, uh, or re- reproduced it and re-released it without a lot of the orchestration and stuff that Phil Spector had put in. Here's Aaron. Hello. Good morning. How art thou? So um, I was debating... When we were talking about the elderly lady who put rat poisoning in her husband's coffee, should I have given that a ding for food or not?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Rat poison is really not food.
0: No, but it was rat coffee. Poison,
1: or not no, rat poison. Roach, roach poison is not food. It's in the not food oh, it was, category.
0: Okay. It was, uh, yeah, I had said rat poison too. It was roach killer. Yeah, it was boric acid or something like that, right? So Yes. Well thank goodness he's still. still alive and uh, I'm sure after he stops ingesting the the poison that he will feel better. Um as as imagine most people would.
1: <laughs> yeah, indeed.
0: Yeah. Um so um let's see what's going on in the world. Let me look at the the Google news page and Hey, we already talked about Phil Spector having passed, and, uh, and you know a lot of the different music that he he laid a hand with. You know, he was the guy who produced the Beatles' Let It Be album, and um, and Paul McCartney has complained about it since the day it was released, and felt like he added a bunch of orchestration and stuff that was unnecessary, and he didn't like it. And Paul so much so that Paul McCartney actually went and got the original tapes, got the approval of the other three Beatles, the three Beatles, uh, and/or their 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 uh, uh, surviving wives. And created a new production of Let It Be that was sold as Let It Be Naked. And you can stream that and you can hear the difference between what it what it was originally recorded and sounded like, at least in terms of what Paul McCartney believes it sounded like. And what it sounded like after uh, Phil Spector added strings and, and, you know, female backup singers and, and a bunch of other stuff. And and McCartney never liked that and, and was very upset. So I didn't know, you know. that. Yeah, you've got you've got to be really upset when, you know, 30 years after the fact, you say, "Dang it, I'm just going to go create my own and do it and do it again because you still are not happy with listening to that." So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Awesome. What and which version do you like better?
0: Um, you know, I've listened to both. I think they both have their their place. I think that the the Phil Spector um is you know what we think of as the original music and it was of a place and a time um i think that paul mccartney's redo is um you know sounds more earthy because it's it's um and a little bit more intimate because it's it's just the instruments that were played by the band members and, uh, and I guess McCartney's point was, is that on all the previous Beatles albums, they never used backup singers and the music was just those that they invited into the studio and them. And so, you know, uh, famously, you know, Eric Clapton played guitar on, uh, uh while my guitar gently weeps and, uh, uh, Billy Preston played keyboards for some of their songs. But, um, but other than that, it was just the Beatles and them, you know, and their voices and, and. And so he was just adamant that Beatles' stuff should not have backup singers and orchestra backups. And he says, it's fine for other stuff, but that's just not who we were. And, you know, I, I can see his point, but I can also argue and say, well, it was was what the Beatles were until they did something else. You know, why limit? And wasn't so,
1: it a monster
0: hit? So, um, well, I think everything that the Beatles put out at that point just kind of, you know, went to the top of the charts all the time. I mean, so... Yeah, (laughs) you know, I mean, I don't think there's any. My point
1: was that I don't know that he ruined the song because people still really enjoyed it.
0: Right, right, yeah, yeah, no, and you're absolutely right in that respect. You know, it was, I think it was just, um, one of those things that sort of was like, uh, you know, a grain of sand under the, the, a little bit of grit in the in the in the grist there for for Paul McCartney because it wasn't what he had envisioned, and it wasn't. Decisions taken by the band as to how the album—excuse me—how the album was going to sound. It was, you know, basically they were all arguing at the time and had recorded this stuff and then walked away, and it was there as raw recordings. And so somebody needed to sit down, listen to it all, and put it together in some sort of—you know—pick what's going to be what's going to go on the album, what's not, and how it's all going to work. And so that Phil Spector was brought in, and he did that, and then Paul McCartney went, "Eh, "I don't like it." So, you know, I guess they're both entitled to their opinions, right? Um, And, and McCartney didn't like it so much that he created an alternative take and those who want to listen to it can. So, and you can stream it on Spotify or, or Apple music or, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's readily available, both, both the original album, let it be. And then McCartney's let it be naked. So you can listen for yourself and decide whether you, which one sounds, you know, it's which one you like. I would, I would bet that most of what you listen to on the original one sounds right, and the other one doesn't sound quite right. It sounds like outtakes or something because you're used to hearing it the way you're used to hearing it. And for many years, all we had was the Phil Spector version. Huh. You know? Huh. It's like the first yeah. time you hear a song and like it, it may not even be the, the original recording, but if you hear it and like it, that's the version that you, you liked first. Everything right. else sounds a little wrong. You know
1: you know it's interesting, so Gwen Stefani um uh covered a song and, and the name just flew out of my head it was the first recorded by a band that I think is named uh talk talk uh, yeah. uh oh my gosh anyway, and but i I can't stand the Gwen Stefani version, and i love I love the original eighties version of this song um. And it'll come to it'll come to my mind the name of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and 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 of course the younger generation hears that and they go, Oh, it's a Gwen Stefani song. No, it's not.
0: No It's, it's not. my life.
1: It's my life, thank you. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. Been, I like no. the top yeah. version much better.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, you know, ironically the the song City of New Orleans, um, yes. the, for whatever reason, Our the first Lugans- time I heard yeah, but the first time I ever heard it was a cover done by uh Willie Nelson. Yes. And to me, Willie Nelson's version is the ver- is the version of that song and yet to most of the world it's like no, no, that's an Arlo Guthrie song, <laughs> you know. And I, I recognize love, that and I've heard Arlo Guthrie's song and I like it, but to I, me I, I Willie to Nelson say, I is like the
1: Willie Nelson better too. But that's just because I love Willie Nelson.
0: Yeah. Well, he has so much character to his voice, the the the, the little um, turn ups and turn downs at the end of phrasing and stuff that he does that is just so um, distinct and and has a lot of character to it. But and, and Arlo Guthrie's, you know, he's he's like some of the folk singers of the of the '60s, um, a la you know Bob Dylan or that kind. Of, that none of them had particularly beautiful voices, or not none of them, but a lot of them didn't have particularly beautiful voices. Uh, they right. just wrote and sang really good songs. Um, but I mean, nobody's going to mistake Arlo Guthrie for uh, Pavarotti or, uh, or you know, basically anybody who could carry a tune well. I mean, he's <laughs> you know he's he's a great guy, and you know, and he and he, and he he's written some really interesting songs. But a lot of his songs were sort of um, uh, talk ballads, you know, like the uh, uh, Alice's All Restaurant Massacre. You know, I mean, yeah, so the, he, he talked his way through it, you know, telling the story and they were, you know, uh, there's a reason that he talked a lot instead of actually singing. Because, I mean, it's not like he's singing out of key or anything, but but he's kind of a nasally sounding guy. Uh, it's
1: like a, like
0: a William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, well, no, <laughs> he's better than William Shatner <laughs> by, a, by by a large stretch. Yeah, poor, poor Bill. He's had to suffer by with fame and lots of money, but um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, pop star is just not a title he's ever gonna have.
1: No, 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 not so much. Yeah,
0: you know, I don't, He should record a a rap album. That that would be a good.
1: Except they don't know that the man has any rhythm.
0: No, probably not. Well, he has a rhythm. It's just very slow and stilted. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yes. Well, I It's a I'm, I rhythm. Suspect, I suspect he might be one who claps on 1 and 3.
0: So Bob, <laughs> Bubbly, he does that. I suspect that he has an odd cadence. He does. Yeah. He
1: does.
0: <laughs> so so easy to pick on somebody, right? <laughs> but but he's just so ripe for it. Um, yeah. William Shatner. If you can make an album, anybody can. Indeed.
1: Well, you got to know the anybody right people. Not everybody go. knows the right people.
0: Yeah. Hey. So um, on the political front, you know, they they did a uh, an impeachment, uh, a second impeachment of President Trump. Um, there's been a lot of debate going back and forth as to whether or not they can continue that impeachment post um, his presidency. There's conversation about the, you know, and looking at the Federalist letters and experts saying that, hey, you know, the purpose of this was to remove him from office and that that's moot if he's already out of office. And so you really can't move forward with an impeachment. Others point to some uh, impeachment of other officials, not presidents, but other officials and say they have done it post leaving the office. But like one of the examples they point to was um, uh, a. uh, cabinet member, uh, William Belknap, of, uh, and he basically resigned before they had a chance to, um, uh, impeach him and they just went ahead with the impeachment anyway. Uh, but then again, they didn't convict him either. So, you know, the whole thing seems sort of moot and that, you know, we've had three different presidents now, uh, over covering four different impeachments and so far, none of them have been convicted. So uh, what's your, what's your take on all of this?
1: That, but, but the main goal is that they don't want him to be able to run again, and right. I don't think that that's a good enough reason.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure it's politically wise on their part either, because in a sense they'll be martyring him to his, um, his people, you know, his followers. You know, you know if they're if trying they, to. If, if,
1: they, if <laughs> they were going to try to do it. Um,
2: Right when things were happening, it would make more sense. But at this point, I mean, this is it. He's he's They're packing up yeah. and, and yeah. getting ready to go home.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was listening to um, uh, a few of the writers from the um, National Review, which is very conservative, but they were basically saying, one of them made that point that, like, if they were going to do this, she waited, she being Nancy Pelosi, waited a full week before she uh, basically put in the the you know before she brought the thing to vote uh resolution was it resolution house resolution 24-2 um and i mean let's face it it's it's two paragraphs in like six sentences um it didn't take her a week to write that um, well
2: she was waiting for the executive branch to do it
0: and right
2: I, you know that was a strategy and it doesn't appear to have worked
0: Right. Well, it was pretty clear. And in fact, Pence had said almost immediately that that's not happening. He doesn't qualify that way. You know, we can't use the 25th Amendment to remove him because it doesn't give me the or or the cabinet the discretion to just remove somebody because they're uh, because they should be impeached. You know, that's what impeachment is for. Um, It's it's for incapacitation. And there's I mean, you may not like what he's doing. You may think what he's doing is illegal, but he's not incapacitated. And so, um, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, but anyway, they were making the case that she should have, if she was going to do it, write the paragraph and had the vote within 24 hours of what was going on. And then that would have, they could have forced the point to, you know, have a vote in the Senate and try him, uh, you know, in the remaining 20 days. But, uh, yeah, that didn't they, happen. They didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a full week. She was the Wednesday after the, the attack on the Capitol that she they, they voted on the impeachment. So a full week went by before any action was taken. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It seems to me, like, on several counts, that Nancy Pelosi recently has, like, timed things wrong when she was doing things. But, uh, you know, time will tell. It'll all play out. Um, I'm not sure I've decided, you know, in, in my mind, whether they should pursue it. Or not in terms of and, and I'm not thinking in terms of like legally because I'm not a legal scholar and I'm not a, 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 a you know, constitutional scholar. Um, I, you know, I, I have a copy of the Constitution that I've, I've read and, and reread a few times over the years just to make sure that I understand what the words say and and reference it when any of this kind of stuff comes up, like when they were talking about Pence and the 25th Amendment. But, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't really decided what I think about like what all of the the incarnations of the political consequences are both for and against each party if this were to happen you know I mean I can see pros and cons each way and I just don't know how that would all fall out
2: well you know I I, I think that if if Biden wants the, the, the nation to heal and he wants people to come together then he yeah. needs to let and let this alone yeah you know leave this alone
0: yeah he wants to Uh, get past it i know he does so the question is is he going to do like uh gerald ford and just say pardon the guy so we can get on with our life because we don't want to spend the next two years dealing with this garbage while i'm trying to you know deal with covid and get us back on a somewhat normal standing with the other countries in the world
2: i hope he does i don't know that he will
0: yeah. I hope he does, yeah.
2: I don't know that he will um, I think that the far left uh, In his own party Would be very, very upset if he did
0: Yeah Although, you know, he has the, the um, Sort of hidden strength of I'm really old Probably not going to run again So who cares what y'all think You know what I mean? Yep There's that, uh, that benefit of you know i don't have to worry about running again i'm i'm i'd be 117 if i ran again and so i'm going to be a one term president i understand that so understanding that gives you a certain amount of freedom right i don't have to worry about upsetting people politically i can do what i think is right and push people to do what i think is right and use my bully pulpit and bring people together and get uh you know some collaborations that might otherwise upset people on the other side or upset people on, on, you know, my side of the aisle. And, and you know what? I don't really care. Um, there's a certain amount of freedom in that.
2: Well, I guess we'll see how much power his advisors really have, you know, and who's going to be advising him because, um,
0: yeah.
2: If he were, if you will see if he does that, if he's a strong person, I think he'll do that because he has, he did say, he wants to heal yada yada um yeah you know we'll see i i i I don't i don't have any predictions at this point because i honestly don't know what he's going to
1: do
0: yeah yeah it's going to be interesting to see you know i mean every president especially they they, you know they're watched very closely in their first hundred days but it's always interesting to see over the course of their presidency who has his ear you know and that yeah. is reflected very often in their policy. And every president, it goes through that. You know, you can just see this is the person who kind of is in the president's ear about stuff. Um, in fact, I would say Trump is probably the first one where we didn't feel like there was. I mean, with Trump, the joke was right that who was in his ear was the last guy he talked to. Um, and that that even then it was it was a it was in his ear from a distance because he marched to his own drum in a lot of cases. And I think that frustrated a lot of people.
2: Well, um, I think the one that he listened to people that he listened to the most were his own children.
0: Yeah. Which shouldn't surprise anybody. Cause I think that's sort of what he was doing and and did when he was running and before he, when, when he was a private citizen, I mean, you know, he didn't suddenly change his, change his colors, you know? I mean, he, he's the same bird he was, before he was president, I don't think, you know, none of his actions should have surprised anybody. Um, and I don't know that they really did. People didn't like it, but I don't think anybody was terribly shocked.
2: Well, yeah, and I, I think, think they, people, they were shocked at the... People hope. Yeah. People
0: hope. Oh, yeah, a lot of hope. Be different. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I mean, they were shocked in that there was the the extent to which he would go to th- do things. Right. But I don't think they were shocked that he did them in, in, or that he behaved a certain way because that's who he had always been. It's the guy who lived a very public life. Everybody knew who he was. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's all over in two days. We get to worry about a new guy and in the mistakes that he makes and we can all complain and make fun of him because that's what we do. <laughs> Welcome to Mark. Welcome to America. Aww. Hey, at least at least Jim Carrey's got a solid gig for uh, four years or so, right? Assuming that he stays did you like his, in office. Did you
2: like his rendition of Biden? Did it resonate you, with you?
0: You know, it. What shocked me was the the um, the way he was able to um, physically emulate him. You know, I mean, they did enough makeup on him that he looked enough like him, and then he he. Jim Carrey was, is absolutely phenomenal at like picking up on mannerisms and stuff. As for like the comedy that they were doing with him. Um, I don't think their comedy is quite as biting with people that they, that they like as it is with people that they don't like. And, and that's, you know, just so, uh, you know, I think that Saturday night live is going to be less funny when they're doing comedy of liberal people than they are when they're doing comedy of conservatives because they like the liberals. And so they're more careful, which softens their comedy which is unfortunate but as far as like the actual him doing a parody of the guy it was almost creepily good i thought you know i mean he he would have like mannerisms and stuff that he picked up and you go like ooh, that is him (laughs) yeah what was your thoughts
2: um yeah i i yes i would agree i thought the performance was good but the comedy wasn't
0: yeah yeah, and I think that's just typical of saying live. They tend to be, I mean, they're from New York, they're a bunch of very liberal people and they don't really hide the fact that they are. And when they're trying to do parodies of people whom they like and agree with, the comedy's just much softer. It is is whereas if if it's somebody that you don't like, then your comedy can be much harsher, much sharper and it comes off a lot more funny. So they're much more funny when they're making fun of of conservatives than they are when they're making fun of of uh, liberals. Well, and,
2: okay, uh, I think that they're a lot just more, general they're rule a lot of thumb fighting, You know,
0: uh huh. But I, I think it's better comedy it's too.
2: Sometimes it's sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. In my opinion.
0: Oh yeah, so yeah. I mean, they,
1: me.
0: yeah. Well, they certainly do. Um, you know, Saturday Night Live, if nothing else, is runs hot and cold. I mean. Some there are seasons that are better than others. There are um, certainly skits that are better than others, and sometimes they pick, a, they stick with a skit and they re- redo it over and over. and I'm going, why are you doing this? This wasn't funny the first time, you know. <laughs> but they won't give up on it. And they just, and and to be honest, I'm not a, you know, I I have never been a like every Saturday plant myself in front of the TV and watch the newest episode of Saturday Night Live. I watch bits and pieces of it. I'll go back and watch, you know, streaming pieces of it later. Um, I used to record it and watch it later in the day or later the next day or something, but um, um, uh, I don't do that even anymore because you can go get all the episodes streaming online and anything that landed with an actual laugh um, is usually available on YouTube pretty quickly, so you can just watch bits and pieces. Um, But, uh, yeah, they definitely have hits and misses, but I just felt as a general rule of thumb, they're funnier. You know, when you're doing um, a, a, um, caricature of somebody when you're doing that, 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 that type of comedy, there has to be a little bite to it. And, and yeah, sometimes they go overboard. You're right. Sometimes they're just mean, but, um, uh, you know, I mean, from the very first, uh, presidential skits that they did back when Chevy Chase was doing Gerald Ford, you know, and, Poor guy slips one time going down a ladder, and for the rest of Sat- history, you know, Saturday Night Live makes fun of him as the bumbling idiot who knocks stuff off the desk and falls all over the place. And it's like this man was a college football star, was probably in as good a shape as any president we've ever had, and yet he, he forever will be remembered as Chevy Chase falling all over the place. Um, uh, they, they are more able to, I think, bite into those that they just don't care for, you know?
2: I'm sure you're right.
0: hundred Yeah. Yeah. You know, which I think is, it's, it's too bad. You know, I, when you watch a, a, a comedian whose stock and trade is like political commentary and, and political sarcasm, um, uh, uh, not sarcasm, but um, I'm blanking on the right word. Uh, satire. You know, satire. Thank you. Satire. Um, that, you know, if you're really good at what you do, you find ways to, to work both sides of the aisle, right? You can't just pick one, um, you know, even though Bill Maher is very, very left-leaning, he, he's very left-leaning. Um, when when liberal politicians don't behave in ways that he thinks are right or in ways that he thinks he can make fun of, um, he makes fun of them. Maybe it's not quite as biting as it would be, but he also, you know, he, he then plays like, well, then then I'm disappointed with them and uses that as his angle because they're not behaving, you know, they took a half step where they should have taken, you know, they took a baby step where they should have jumped in. And so he, he jumps on them that way and uses that angle. And I think he's better at it in general than the second life Live people are. So
2: I agree. Um, so. Uh, KTLA is reporting that um, uh, that uh, with Biden and Democrats taking power. California is poised to take a political spotlight. Of course, being the largest, uh, most populous, uh, uh, bright blue state in the union, um, after four years of being relentlessly targeted by a Republican president um, who worked to overtime, debate, punish and marginalize California, uh, suddenly California will be taking center stage. And I think that's why the the governor has put a, a, a proposed budget out that is you know we we expected major cuts and they are there are not cuts in this budget it is it is Mm -hmm. a bold budget and because he believes strongly that there are going to be federal funds available to help uh struggling californians um the schools and and uh and first responders and and others so um so there is no place in the incoming administration uh, there's there' no place the incoming administration is leaning on more heavily for inspiration and setting new progressive policy agenda than California so um, especially with Senator Kamala Harris uh, of course being from California uh, looks like you know as California goes so the the country goes looks like it's going to be happening in the next four years and that that is um, that's a little scary when you think mm. about you know California's policies on business and you um, you know, their taxation, our taxation policy and all of that, people are fleeing this state. So it it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous because I don't want to see the whole country become like California.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I mean, I know it's like code if you say things like states' rights, but that's kind of the reason we do have states is so that, you know, we can handle things differently. and, And if you don't like the way it's being handled here, you can go somewhere else. If we homogenize that, then that takes that option away from us, right? It moves that, uh, it moves towards a, a more federalized system, which is something that the founders very specifically wanted to avoid. Yes. So, so it makes mm. me, it
2: makes me, uh, it makes me nervous, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean that the, yeah. the number of homeless people in Los Angeles is, is the highest. I think we have, um, Uh, a third of the homeless population in the nation is in California.
0: Yeah. I read somewhere that we have more homeless than there are just people in New Hampshire.
2: Crazy, right?
0: Yeah. We have a whole Um, state worth of homeless people. Yeah. Yes.
2: (laughs) That's, that's crazy. It's, it's just, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I hope, um, uh, yeah, I hope that, that, uh, that we have some sanity. The Good thing is that we have a divided, a pretty, we have a very divided, like evenly divided Senate, even though um, uh, Schumer is the majority leader or will be the majority leader, leader. It's not like he can do whatever he wants because there's, he doesn't yes. have the votes.
0: Right. Well, and certain things require um, two thirds votes. And then, then, you know, you have to, are you going to get 50 people to be lockstep? I can't get five people in my family to all agree on what we're having for lunch. So, um yeah i mean it, it they're not going to just go do everything they want to do there's going to have to be some deals cut and they're going to have to talk to each other and that and that's good we want to we want to be able to move quickly but we also want to slow things down to some extent we don't want we don't want one ideology of of one party to be able to dominate everything completely and just do what they want um and so uh, you know Uh, I think it's not a bad thing. I think it's not a bad thing that the Democrats held the House while Trump was in office. I don't think it's a bad thing that the Republicans have uh, managed to, you know, keep parity in the Senate. Um, And, you know, usually what happens is at the mid-year elections, uh, the House and Senate balance things out. So if one of them is, you know, at least one House usually swips swaps to the opposing party from whoever's in the White House. Um, Doesn't always happen that way, but a lot of times so. Hey, on another front, did you hear that somebody in Corona had a ticket worth $1.2 million? Now, explain uh, what
2: you mean by ticket.
0: Yeah, so the Mega Millions Lottery, the multi-state Mega Millions Lottery on Friday night has hit uh, uh, over $700 million. They're projecting it to go over $850 million this week. And I think the next drawing is on um, Monday night or Tuesday night? uh Let's see, they are a Friday, Friday, Tuesday. I think it's Friday, Tuesday and Wednesday, Saturday are the drawings for the different types of games. But anyway, um, somebody got five me- uh, matching numbers, but they didn't get the mega number. So they didn't win the big one, the multi hundred million dollar one, but they got five out of the six and they got a one point two million dollar ticket. It was sold at the Vaughn store on De Palma Road in Corona. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't me but somebody hopefully has the number and didn't lose it um but yeah if you're if anybody's been watching or hasn't been paying attention the mega million uh is uh, up over uh 800 million dollars now and no winner has been announced and powerball drawing is at 640 million dollars as of Saturday and no winner on Saturday so it'll go up uh as well so we're expecting that they'll both be at you know uh 7 and 800 million dollar winners uh when they come in. So That's just uh,
2: unfathomable to me.
0: Yeah, that that kind of money that that is so beyond just life changing that uh you know, and and it's $2 tickets, they're not $1 tickets anymore. They're $2 tickets. So uh for 5 bucks you can get your Mega Millions, your Powerball and and a California Lotto because it's a, a measly 12 million dollars which would still change most people's lives. Uh you know, that's enough to buy a house on the beach. And have a little money left over to buy yourself a brand-new Tesla. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the numbers we're talking about are just staggeringly large numbers. Um, you know, and it, you think about this stuff, and it's fun to daydream. I think that's half the fun of it is, you know, you spend your $2, and then you just, you know, for the next three or four days, you can daydream about what it would be like. Um, but it, the reality of it, I think there's a lot of people who, when they win these things, if they're smart, they... Um, You know, go talk to a financial advisor uh, and a lawyer before they even announce that they have the ticket. Uh, You know, they always warn you, though, sign your ticket, sign your ticket right away so that nobody else can grab your ticket and then put it someplace safe. And we're not talking like on the kitchen counter. Uh, And and uh, and that way, if you do get the winning ticket, uh, you know, uh, figure out the legal stuff before you before you go forward and figure out the taxes and all of that stuff and how you want to use that money and get some help from experts because the average schmo doesn't know how to handle $800 million.
1: <laughs> no,
2: yeah. I would say most people don't know how to aver- yeah. how to handle $800
0: yeah. million. You know. <laughs> Half the people who have $800 million don't know how to handle $800 million. Um, but the creepy thing is, is there's, there, you know, people will come out of the woodworks pretending to be long lost relatives or not even pretending to be relatives wanting you to give them money and, and threatening you and, and, and your family members. And so you've got to be careful about how you announce this and, and, and who knows how to get a hold of you. And, and, you know, there's a lot of security issues involved because suddenly now you could be a target for somebody because you've got lots and lots and lots of money. So you got to look at all aspects of that. There's good and bad that comes with getting a ton of money like that.
2: Well, and, and it's amazing how many people win the lotto, and they in just a matter of a few years, they've blown through all of their money.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's lots of sad you know. stories out there, so you want to get some advice, um, no matter how smart you think you are, um, you know, unless you happen to be a financial expert already. And even then, how many financial experts have experience in helping people deal with the life-changing addition of hundreds of millions of dollars into their life you know it's it's yeah spend a little time investigate talk to somebody who who is trustworthy um you know um so anyhow um it's fun to daydream fun to daydream i thought about it you know uh, we we had a two dollar ticket that didn't win nothing um but i uh i was thinking you know for me I was thinking that I would like to have some vacation homes in different places that I could then, if I'm not there, I'll, I can, you know, rent them out as Airbnbs, but, but, uh, you know, I can block out a time on the calendar if we want to go travel to one of these places. And I thought, you know, get some, some nice places and places, you know, we got family on the East coast, so I'd want a house out that way. Um, and they they live not too far from a beautiful lake, so maybe a nice lake house and, you know, definitely get a place in Hawaii because I like Hawaii.
2: Cause that's your happy uh, spot.
0: That's my happy place. Yeah, that's my birthplace. I want to be back on the islands, man. <laughs> hey, brah.
2: But you know, living like, on so island. What time. would I do? I would. I would. You know, with that kind of money, I, I, you know, move half of it into a foundation um, mm-hmm. to do some real good where I live, um, and um, and the other half, I don't know. I mean, certainly buy houses in multiple places. I think I'd hit the road, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Like yeah. I would. Buy it, buy a nice RV or caravan, or you know, just a really comfortable car, because I could afford to stay in hotels all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and just hit the road and see. That's what big, a lot of people country. say. Travels
0: and travels one of the number one things that people say that they would do. They would go, go and do and see. Of course, these days that's a little harder than it used to be. Um, but like you said, if you're not getting on an airplane, right? You get your RV and you drive. I mean, go visit all the national parks in the country. You know, you could do that. Right. And then you're not around people at all. You're out in the woods.
2: Exactly. And I'd want to go up to Canada um, and see their beautiful national parks and go mm-hmm. up to Alaska. And uh, and then I don't know. I don't know. From there. I don't know. You go to Europe and yeah. get a caravan there and travel around.
0: Yeah. 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 I you know, it's just uh, once once we tamp down the covid thing, then then I think that uh, is that would be high on the list is go and see and do. Uh, yeah. Cause you don't want to just sit at home and count your money. Um, but, uh, no.
2: And, uh, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to go stay at first class this and that. I would probably mm-hmm. pretty much live like I live, um, as much as I could. I'm a yeah. pretty down to earth person. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, of course that would change, but, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, I don't know that I would, I would, wouldn't have to stay in the five-star hotels. I would just, uh, yeah, I want to meet people. I want to, I want to do things. Mm-hmm. Maybe I go somewhere and volunteer for a while and meet yeah. uh, people who live in that particular area. They don't have to know that I'm rich.
0: Yeah. No, I would want to do it, um, I, you know, like you see some of these places where people, um, there's some shows on, uh, on Travel Channel, or that kind of thing, where they go, they get a new job, and so they, they rent an apartment somewhere. I would like to go, like, rent an apartment and stay for a month or two or three in an air yeah. town you know, and, and, you know, it'd be fun to do that, go to France, but not necessarily stay in Paris, stay in, you know, some, some little suburb or, or somewhere in the countryside and just stay there for a few months and get to know the people and, and you know, maybe learn to speak French a little bit. And then, and then like, okay, now I'm going to pack up and go somewhere else. Let's try some other place and do that. Cause then you get to know the people and what their lives are like and what that place is like, you know, whereas if you're doing the tourist thing, you know, you're kind of in and you're out and you see, oh, there's the Eiffel tower and yeah, that was the Space Needle that we got to go, you know. I mean, those kind of things, you know, you, those are fun. It's fun to go and see and look and do. But it's also kind of neat to pick a spot and just go hang out there for a while and see what life's like there, what's it all about, you know.
2: Yeah. You know, there's yeah. all kinds of but places But you could do that... both.
0: You could mix and match. You could. Yeah. You
2: could. try a six-month lease in Greece and uh, hang out, get a get a job in a cafe and, yeah. uh, you know, just Enjoy Eat yourself. Learn how to, yeah. Learn how to speak Greek
0: and, yeah, that's Longer than six months. Know
2: a few words. Yeah. Learn a few words.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I said about France. You know, learn a little bit of French. <laughs> I'm not going to be fluent in a, in in a short period of time, but I learned a little bit. I learned how to ask where the bathroom is and say that was good. Give me more, please. Um, mm-hmm. You know, or don't tell me what's in this. That that's probably good too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know (laughs) there's some places where you just don't want to know it's like that was delicious don't tell me um yeah you know i mean i think that would be fun um i know for us too it's like you know i mean i i you know my life's pretty good i'm happy i like my little studio that i've got back here you know i built it with my own two hands i like it i'm happy um wouldn't mind having some new cars our cars are pretty old and had a lot of miles on them but i mean other than that you know
2: so what kind of car would you buy you love cars, you know, so what kind of car I you do. Buy?
0: And I have thought about it and I have decided that I would probably have to either, you know, in looking for a house or, or near uh, our house, I would have to find a a um, sort of um, like uh, I'm trying to imagine like imagine like a, a warehouse space. I would have to get something like that and turn that into sort of my main garage. And then I would be able to cycle some cars because I would probably want more than one or two cars. Now I don't need a ton, but there's just, I would like to have a couple cars. Like I would like a newer Porsche. I have an old one, um, that sort of runs and I'd get that one fixed up. It needs some work on it, but I would get that one fixed up, but I would like a Boxster top down. That would be fun. And again, it's not even the most expensive Porsche, just, but it'd be fun to have a top down Boxster. I probably not even buy a new one. I'd get a used one. Um, and then, um, I know we would want to replace, we have a, 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 an SUV right now, sort of a midsize SUV. We'd want to get another, something like that, possibly a little bit smaller one that gets better mileage. But, um, you know, I mean, if you're rich, then who cares what the mileage is just, you know, pay for the gas, you know, but, but get one that's comfortable, um, you know, a little bit nicer SUV. Um, and then, uh, and then, um, uh, I have a 20 plus year old, little Ford Ranger truck that I love and like to drive. Um, But I could see upgrading that, getting something newer, some kind of a pickup. But I don't, you know, I don't know whether I'd go with an F-150 or they've reintroduced the Ranger now, so you can get a smaller Ranger if you want. I mean, smaller, but um, it's funny. The new Ranger is, like, ginormous compared to the old Ranger. It's almost the size of an F-150. It's just a lighter vehicle. So
2: We had a Ranger when we were first married and loved that truck. Um, Mm Mm-hmm it could do all kinds of stuff. It just didn't have like a back seat. It was just the two seat was just a truck, basic truck. Right. Maybe it had a little, little jump seats in the back. Yeah.
0: Mine has remember. jump seats behind the front seat. That's got the little suicide doors that open backwards, but it's, yes. I mean, honestly, unless, unless you're a child, the seats are like made for, you know, a 12 inch wide butt and mine is not, you know, I've got a 12 inch wide cheek. And so, uh, I'm not going <laughs> to fit back there, but, uh, and if I, if I sat behind somebody there, then they would have their nose pressed to the windshield in front of me. So, um, yeah, it's, just, it's not made for adults, not easily. Um, I say that, and I have driven with my wife and daughter in that truck with one of the two of them sitting in the back. And, and I'm sure they
2: complained about it the whole ride. Wasn't
0: particularly comfortable, and we wouldn't go particularly long distance that way, <laughs> to say the least. But, uh,
2: but it'll work in a uh, pitch.
0: Yeah. But the newer ranger is part of the reason it's bigger is because it has the two full doors and, and seats in the back as you know, it's like the the big cabs that they have on the F one fifties and the Chevy Silverados and the, the Ram trucks and so everybody faces forward in real chairs and it's their four door vehicles. Um,
1: in real chairs. Oh that's Yeah, great.
0: not chairs that <laughs> pop out of the wall. Uh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know that's a high bar to set, right? <laughs> what do you want? I just want wheelchairs. <laughs> that's all. Just chairs in the car. The car should have chairs.
2: <laughs> so I would probably, I I would like a little Audi SUV, like maybe a midsize Audi SUV. Oh, huh? Yeah. Um, I love Audis. They're fun to drive, and um,
1: and
0: so
2: that's probably what I would what I would get. I know my mm-hmm. husband wants an F one fifty, so yeah. Um, you know. Um, or a Jeep. I really, really like, like, mm-hmm. I get a loaded Jeep Wrangler that yeah. I can go play with. Now, I know
0: you guys rented one a, few, uh, a while back when we were all on vacation, and you just loved that thing.
2: Oh, my gosh, I loved that thing. So maybe yeah. that's what I'd end up with, or maybe both. You know? The, yeah, the it's Audi funny. I, yeah, why limit yourself? So Jeep is a fun car.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Jeep is one of those cars you point it and go that direction. You know, it's like, I don't care what's over there, I'll just go. You know, no yes, roads, exactly. no problem. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. And then there's yeah. there. Are, I'd wanted to. I'd wanted to, to tow a little trailer, and they make mm-hmm. they make trailers that are slightly bigger than than a teardrop that have uh-huh. like that have all the hookups that you need, um, and they're like convert very convertible. So you can you could totally live in the thing um, for. Right. I mean, not for long periods of time, but for shorter trips.
0: Yeah, but they're tiny and you carry your bed and a bathroom with you and you're like, Okay, that's livable. I can work there. Exactly.
2: That'll exactly. Work. And the shower's outside, but there's a there's a um uh like a curtain you can put around it and all of that. So uh-huh. um, you know, that's that's probably what for, for shorter trips that's probably what I would get.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about one of those, um and I know we're running out of time here, but one you know, the the, the vans that have the extended roof lines that you can turn into campers.
1: Oh because yeah. Because you can
0: park you can park it in a regular parking place. That would be handy to have. You could drive it, you know, on a cross country trip. You carry your own bathroom and bed with you so you don't have to, especially in time of COVID, you know, you don't have to stop and go in and touch anything. Um, uh, you know, and they're made out of like, you know, the Ford or Mercedes uh, vans with the high roofs, and I thought, you know, that'd be cool to buy one of those and then custom convert it and design the inside myself. That would be fun.
2: There so. is a whole van life culture. Yes. People who, who've done exactly that, you know, and they yeah. they just, you know, they just want to have that they live in their van. They actually live in their mm-hmm.
0: van.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. That guy who did the the um, documentary about uh, doing the free climb on the, the face of El Capitan. Uh, yes. That's what he did. He, he, I mean, he eventually, I guess, got an apartment because he had a girlfriend slash fiance, and so they finally decided they'd get an apartment. But they still lived out of the van most of the time. Uh, they just had sort of a, a landing spot now as opposed to, like, you know, his mom's basement or something. Um, so
2: my husband would not like that very much, though. So. He, he is yeah. a, well, we could stay in hotels, and, you know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So. well, and at some point you go, like, We just won $800 million. You want me to live in a van? Really? That's like two steps away from homeless. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I get that. I get that. But I just would like that for the extended trips, you know. If you're going to do an extended road trip, that would just be handy. It doesn't mean that you couldn't park it in the parking lot and stay at the nice hotel as well. Um, But if you didn't want to, you could pull over and park in a, you know, Walmart parking lot, spend the night, pick up and go the next morning. So, lots of options. We call them Loptions. We do? So yeah, it's the opposite, you know, lots of options are options. Why not?
2: Why not? So we are completely out of time.
0: We are. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Todd Brinker.
2: I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.